The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Good day, SAFM. Uh, my name is Anonymous in Emalashen. Taxi industry is above the law. The government has no control at all over them. Thank you. Bye. Morning, KG. Morning, KG. Moses and Table. KG, I don't blame the taxi operators or what. I blame the ANC and the passengers themselves. We are used to be led by virus people. Why don't we not take the taxi? Let the taxi themselves board their taxis. They are mistreating us, yet we are still giving them business. Same as ANC. They are mistreating us, yet we are still continuing voting them. And then we are coming on the air and complaining. No, let's change. If another government comes, this useless taxi driver, taxi operator won't do this. Arrest them, beat them hard. They will change. Moses Teben. Good morning, good morning. SAFM, my sister there. Um, I'm also like uh, on the side of everyone who's complaining about the behavior of the, the, the taxi drivers and uh, those uh, patrollers and everyone, just the taxi industry as a whole. Because I think it's so very unfair to force people to use taxi. I mean, this, this, these taxis are their business. The money that they get from the check-ins from their drivers, they, they, it's for them and their families. They don't share anything with us that we should feel forced to support them. Why don't we see shop owners, business, other business owners forcing customers to come and buy? And when they see you going to another person's shop, why don't they go and take you and force you to come and buy their shop? So why are the taxi people forcing people to use the taxis even if we feel like we don't want to use the taxi by that time? Like the gentleman was saying she was, he was in a hurry and he needed, had, had no time for a taxi. It's so very unfair. This is Tafsin Hamasura. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SFM. So welcome back to uh, the Greenpoint Stadium. Uh, remember, as I said this morning, we're broadcasting live from the City of Cape Town's Mobility Summit. Uh, they are taking the lead, that's the City of Cape Town, this Transport Month by this urban, what they're calling the urban mobility summit about public transportation reform uh, and they're talking about what they should and what they can do to make sure that uh, passenger trains work, minibus taxis are safe, efficient and uh, that they bring down the cost of commuting. So remember at the start of the, of the day we had a conversation with the mayor of the city who really uh, laid down their intention for this urban mobility and we did say after 11, we have a panel that can uh, converse more with us because 22% of commuters in Cape Town rely on minibus taxis. They had a stairway, if you remember, in August. And that stairway demonstrated the importance of the MBT industry as a public transport service provider. And the sector is often criticized for the lack of formalization, for their business model 
their uh, supposed reluctance to modernize and use new technologies to improve efficiencies that could benefit not only the commuters but also the operators. And uh, so we have a panel uh, in front of us now. Hisham Emiran is going to talk the trains part because he is the CEO of Prasa. If you remember, one of the things that the mayor said this morning was uh, the city's keen interest to take that part of, uh, you know, driving uh, the trains in this particular part of the world themselves. We oh, so Mr. Hisham Emiran is the CEO of Prasa, and he will talk about. Uh, we also have Mr. Manja Hermanas. Mr. Manja Hermanas is the provincial chair of Santaco. He is one of our three guests. And, of course, to talk on behalf of government, uh, Councillor Rob Quintas is the mayor committee member for urban mobility for the city of Cape Town. Good morning to everybody. Thank you so much. Maybe we start with you, Councillor, because, I mean, there's a lot of stakeholders that uh, uh, will make this process happen. One of the things I said in my intro is how uh, people accuse, for example, the taxi industry of not wanting to modernize. When I was having a conversation with the mayor this morning, he talked of some really modern things. He said, for example, uh, you know, the ambition is uh, for a commuter to get into a taxi, pay with their phone, etc., etc. things that I, as a South African who has used taxis uh, for a certain part of my life, uh, could not really imagine. And I asked myself how practical that, that would be. And one of the things he also talked about uh, uh, was, um, and, I, and I think I'll bring Santaco there, about how sometimes there's a disjoint between the drivers and the owners. And so that's why I'm saying there's many stakeholders uh, for this urban mobility plan to work efficiently as you intended. Tell me why we're even here and whether or not it's first and foremost driven by what happened in August and what the ambition is according to your eyes. Morning. <laughs> Very good morning to you and uh, to all the other panelists as well. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so firstly, uh, this summit's been for months, mm -hmm. months ahead of uh, the disruptions that we saw uh, in the month of uh, August, uh, which of course were devastating for the city of Cape Town in general and particularly for the minibus industry. Um, but to confirm, we've been planning this for months, certainly not as a response to August. We wouldn't have been able to pull this off in one month in terms of organization. Mm -mm. But nonetheless... Uh, Let's talk the ambitions, because there's many elements to it, right? Uh, and, and the mayor spoke at length about all of those elements. I mean, I brought in uh, the issue of construction. I brought in, because we talked about the issue of uh, the taxis. Would they have their own lanes, for example? Uh, he talked of those lanes being perhaps shared uh, uh, with the bus lanes so that uh, they can avoid the, the traffic whenever there are traffic gridlocks. I talked about, we talked about the crime element, how you deal with the crime element. So I want to hear your interpretation and the ambition and the timelines, if at all. Okay. So KG, there's something that I, I do want to actually say, though, that was initially in your first uh, sort of opening statement and remarks. I think it's very unfair to say that the taxi industry has been avoiding or doesn't want to regularize or formalize. In fact, I think, uh, you know, in my discussions with, with members of Santaco, there's a very clear willingness uh, for the type of regularization and formalization so that the minibus taxi industry can be recognized for what it is, which is a, a, a functional 
viable public transport offering that should be treated as a business and an equal along with uh, rapid bus transport or rail or any other form of public transport. And um, my great respect goes out to Santaco already, who have launched their first uh, minibus taxis with tap-on, tap-off uh, facilities, for cash-free, cash-free taxis. So that is definitely a, a misnomer. Um, I think it's how that conversation takes place that's really important, um, that we find each other's equals. And it's, of course, also extremely unfortunate that the national government, despite few invitations, is not here today because they have largely been quite absent from those discussions, meaningful conversations around the regularization and formalization of the taxi industry so that it can receive the sort of subsidy that it requires in order to ferry the amount of commuters that they are currently ferrying as a, as a valued partner in the public transport ecosystem. But in terms of what are we, what are we doing? Well, the cities are already uh, facilitated an extremely successful uh, pilot, test pilot study uh, with a uh, Mitchell's Plain-based uh, taxi association called uh, 7th Avenue. That uh, was done at the request of the association in partnership with the city because, like many other taxi associations and operators, they want to be legitimate businessmen. They want to be able to look after their drivers that have been driven, driving for them for a long time. They want to be able to pay UIF. They want to pay a decent wage. They want to have shift and run a scheduled service. And that has been a very successful model to the point where um, the uh, local government in Lagos in Nigeria has asked us to share that study with them to see if they can start implementing it as well uh, and see the success levels there. Have you shared the study with Santaco? We have shared the study with, the, with that association as well as with um, national government, National Department of Transport, uh, who themselves are very excited about what it is capable of doing Unfortunately, no meaningful steps have been taken by the National Department of Transport to, to engage further on that, which is, which is a great pity because the city would certainly not be able to subsidize um, the industry on its own. We would certainly look at collaboration with national government, but the subsidies must come from the National Department of Transport. So maybe we bring you in, uh, uh, Mr. Hermanas, because there has to be a degree of an appetite from national government to be able to implement the kinds of changes uh, that uh, uh, the MMC has spoken about, uh, the degree of modernization uh, in terms of investment, uh, what does it mean for Santaco as an organization? Because to make these changes means that uh, some money has to be paid by yourself as an organization or the members of your organization to implement these, de these uh, required uh, modern uh, technology facilities to make sure that you change the way you literally do business all over the country. What is the appetite like? Good morning. Uh, uh, good morning to you and uh, SAFM listeners as well as my other panelists. Santaco believes that uh, we we have to modernize. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we, we have been at the forefront of saying we cannot continue with business as usual. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but also there has to be a recognition that the, the operating model where taxes are not subsidized and operate as individual businesses. So to harness the resources, it needs some form of assistance. And what we've been saying is government should recognize that 
these people are plowing in billions of rents to procure vehicles, to provide a service that the government should be providing for its citizens. Mm -hmm. And we are doing that out of our own pockets. Mm -hmm. The least that the government can do then is to assist us to professionalize, provide the technology that is needed, create an environment that is conducive for us to provide this service at the levels and quality that is required of us. Yeah, and then government can also easily say that these specific changes, because this is not being done at a national level, these specific changes that you want to implement uh, for the city of Cape Town are unique to the city of Cape Town, and perhaps it could be the city of Cape Town that has to help fund you. What if uh, that argument comes on the table? Uh, what I'm trying to say is, is there a degree of engagement that also demands that uh, level of funding from the city as partner in terms of advancing this agenda? Absolutely, because we believe, mm. as the taxi industry, we don't see much difference between the city, the province, and national government. We, we see them as government, and we are the industry. So we believe whichever sphere, all they must play their part to ensure that the environment is conducive, we improve on our services, to the levels and standards that are required by both the city, the province, and the national, because both these fears, all of them, they've got specific requirements mm -hmm. that they would like the industry to adhere to. Mm -hmm. All we are saying is without the subsidy, the least you can do then, take our hands, walk us through that journey mm -hmm. so that we can be up to the level that you require, whether yeah. it's the city, the province, national government, even the private sector for it, for that instance. Yeah. And then when they talk about formalization, uh, I laughed when the mayor said this morning to me, uh, for example, we'd want, you'd want to know as a taxi commuter that uh, if you have to be at a specific place at a quarter to eight, for example, that taxi will uh, get you there at a quarter to eight in the same way, for example, uh, that would be the case if I was taking a bus. And I laughed because I've been in a taxi, like I said. I don't expect to get to a place at quarter to eight, uh, if I want to, I'll leave earlier. Is that something that you feel you can live up to when they talk modernization and formalization, uh, time demands, for example? Absolutely. There are various ways in which that can be achieved, and very easily, So, especially if you look at making use of the available technology. Like, for instance, people, our people, they stay at bus stops and there's a taxi that is at the rank. If there was a technology where that person who's at a bus stop can log on and say, I'm here, and we could easily arrange a taxi to leave the taxi rank because we know along the road there's already five people who are waiting for that taxi. So that means the taxi does not have to wait at the rank until it's full when there are actually people waiting for the same taxi going the same, in the same direction at various bus stops. Yeah, but, but it's a stakeholder-driven thing because even for yourself as um, a, a taxi industry, your conversations have to be with uh, yourselves as owners, but also uh, with drivers, and their dynamics are different. The culture in a taxi is um, some, uh, 
customer would say, uh, next stop, I'm off, uh, which means it may be further than uh, whatever the bus stop may be. How do you sort of propose to engage all of those many varied stakeholders, including your customers, around conscientizing a different way of uh, the business model? It really would be a different way of the business model because it can't be a case of I'm getting off now in 100 meters, whether you like it or not. Uh, I'm forced now to get off in 500 meters because of the new regular, <laughs> yeah, that word, that, <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah, you see, there, because there then also the issues of infrastructure mm. would come into play mm. because currently you've got designated bus stops mm -hmm. and uh, those were designed with buses in mind, not minibuses as, as it were. And, uh, because the informal way in which we operate, our passengers, they expect to stop a taxi mm -hmm. wherever they are. Yes. They could be at a, a red lane. Short where, left where, is the word where the short taxi, right. Exactly, where yeah, they're yeah, yeah. not supposed to, <clears throat> to stop. So education, educating our commuters, you know, so because also they must realize that when you force a taxi to stop where it's not safe or legal to stop, then you are actually forcing the taxi to, to commit an legal act. So it involves everyone, mm. our commuters. I think if the approach is that we are commuter-centered, even when we talk about subsidies, things could change. We could look at a subsidy differently because a subsidy is not supposed to fund the minibus taxi industry or a bus company. Mm. It's supposed to go to the people who are using that service. So if you've got uh, an integrated fair collection system, mm -hmm. then it's easy for governments to fund the citizens so that it doesn't matter which mode of transport you are using. If you've yeah. got this car that you can use, yeah. then, yeah. Okay, I'll come to you just now, MMC, because I have to bring in uh, Mr. Hisham Emran, who's the CEO of Prasa. Um, uh, and I bring you in, Mr. Uh, Emran, because one of the things that uh, the mayor said this morning is that their determined as the city to take over the passenger rail function uh, from yourselves as Prasa in the city of Cape Town so that uh, they make this dream viable for themselves, this, um, um, what, what, what they're calling this urban uh, sort of mobility concept that they have. How easy is it going to be, if at all, and what kinds of engagement have you had with the city, if at all, up to now about them, if at all, taking over uh, the PRASA function in the city of Cape Town themselves? Good morning. Good morning, KG. Uh, good morning to the listeners and to the panel members. Yes, the, the, the question you're raising is around the devolution of rail um, to local government. Uh, which was raised by the mayor. Um, my, my response to that is that uh, that is contained in the <coughs> national rail policy. Those discussions will be led by the National Department of Transport. Uh, the Ministry of Transport will lead on those discussions. As PRASA, our focus is around the implementation uh, of the turnaround strategy at PRASA at the moment, the recovery and rebuild program. Uh, and when it comes to our engagement and uh, collaboration with the city, uh, we've certainly been doing that in terms of the various uh, statutory structures that we have uh, provided in terms of the National Land Transport Act. Uh, the city has established the Land Transport Advisory Boards as well as the, the Intermodal Planning Committees 
and it's on those specific uh, statutory structures that we are engaging and collaborating around the integrated transport that's been delivered at the city and the rail plans uh, being rolled out by PRAS. Yeah. So, so what, what's very important... Because trains are, are big in this part of the world. Uh, I suppose trains are big all over South Africa when they do work and when they can, when they can get to people. Absolutely. I mean, Cape Town is a typical rail city. Mm -hmm. uh, it needs a effective, well-functioning rail system. Uh, we've seen pre-COVID levels, the, the, the role of rail within Cape Town, uh, <coughs> even earlier than that. Uh, it's acknowledged that at the moment rail is not playing uh, the role it should be playing in mm -hmm. terms of the backbone of the transport system. Mm -hmm. But the good uh, message or the positive message is that the, the recovery and the rebuild is fully underway. We already see the recovery of uh, most of the corridors uh, in Cape Town. Um, the one that is still hurting significantly is the central line. Mm -hmm. um, it, is the, it is the priority corridor in Cape Town. More than 40% of commuter journeys um, takes place on the central line. So that is one uh, process together with the city is working very hard uh, in terms of covering that line. Okay. Uh, may I please ask for your entrance, gentlemen, as I go quickly to the studio for the news headlines. <clears throat> we'll continue our panel discussion when uh, we come back. It's 11.32. Normalizo Mandela is standing by with the news headlines. We're broadcasting live uh, from the City of Cape Town's Mobility Summit. Uh, the city is taking the lead Transport Month by hosting an urban mobility summit about public transportation reform. We're having a roundtable with Mandla Manas, who is the provincial chair for Santiago, Councillor Rob Quintas, who's mayoral committee member for urban mobility for the city of uh, Cape Town. And uh, we also have, uh, did I say Mandla Manas? I did say yes. Mandla Manas. Who did I not include? I'm Ishan. not sure. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, let's come back to you around, uh, because uh, I heard about all of the stakeholders that uh, I invited for this, uh, Mr. Quintus, for, for this uh, summit. But nobody uh, is telling me where the people that are most affected are, who are the commuters, members of the communities are, in terms of representation for buy-in, obviously, because a lot has to shift in their existence, in how they navigate day-to-day -day living. Uh, and those are the people who primarily have to give you the buy-in for this to work. Where are they or how are you going to engage them? So at a first off in terms of today and tomorrow, the summit is an, an invitation for panelists who are experts in the field of the various modes of transport, people that are providing services, uh, people who plan services. But the, the two-day summit is available for live streaming at any moment as mm -hmm. well as on SAFM with mm -hmm. wonderful coverage. And one must remember that we, as the City of Cape Town, have just recently concluded uh, our, um, our CITP, which is our Comprehensive Integrated Transport Plan. Now, the CITP does exactly what you're referring to now. It takes close on uh, about a six-month uh, process of gathering data from your everyday uh, commuter. That is engaging on focus groups, it's engaging in polls, it's engaging in surveys, it's doing all sorts of interviews 
with people who are using taxis, people using rail, people using mass. But that demands time for them to engage with that uh, information. Because uh, if we can get down to the ground, those people that are using rail, uh, those people that are using taxis, they went up in the early hours of the morning to get to their places of work, get home pretty late, uh, you know, and uh, when they get home uh, at night, they have to do home things. And there's no time to sit and download, uh, you know, this kind of engagement and sit and engage with it. How do you convince them now, if they're listening to this conversation, that this formalization is beneficial for them? And one, it won't hit on too much on the pocket. Basically, their lives are going to continue in as close to normal a way as possible once this uh, uh, modernization process has happened. So ultimately, I think it's important to encourage any of the listeners uh, who are users of public transport, even people driving their own vehicles, because we must remember there's an impact on own car driving uh, commuters when the entire public transport system works mm -hmm. in a different manner. Mm -hmm. You get more people out of their cars into trains or into taxis or into buses, mm -hmm. uh, particularly if we look at the taxi-operated company model, where you may potentially have my city-clad branded taxis driving around the the city bowl suburbs, instead of having nine-meter buses, you could end up having minibus taxis that are now taking on that role. Uh, as in a Santaco will be okay with that because that well, means it's okay. taken out of their pockets. Well, not if it's actually the taxi-operated company. It's the taxi-operated company that's running the routes. Okay. So they benefit directly <laughs> as a partner with the city. must remember that all of our current existing My City routes are operated by taxi companies. The various associations aligned with uh, Cadetta now and going into the future with Carter, with Phase 2, are all uh, where taxi companies have been brought into the process as partners running what we refer to as the VOCs or vehicle operating companies. Yeah, there's technological advancements that are required uh, by all of yourselves as uh, stakeholders on this roundtable. And uh, technological advancements mean uh, budget requirements uh, for everybody. So maybe let's go through each one of you in terms of uh, what, what technologies are currently available or what are you thinking of in terms of advancements of technologies for easy access and for easy use for your commuters should this, uh, this idea, this modernization idea become successful for the city. Maybe let's start with Santaco. Yeah. I think if you, when we talk technology and uh, you look, for example, at tracking, uh, almost 99% of our vehicles come from the dealerships with tracking devices. Mm -hmm. What is currently happening is that those tracking devices are not talking to each other mm -hmm. because they are from different companies. Mm -hmm. So all that would actually be needed if we wanted to say we want to be able to monitor our vehicles, we want our passengers to be able to report when these vehicles do anything that is illegal on the road. Mm -hmm. How do we harness and ensure that we tap into the tracking devices that are already there because these tracking devices are there. It's just finding a bridge to say tracking devices must talk to each other and then we have access to those so that we are able to monitor our operations. Our drivers are able to, I mean, our operate, I mean, our passengers, because they should be at the center of all this, are able to rate our drivers, rate their driving behavior, rate the state in which the taxi be is able in. to be tracked themselves uh, for safety reasons absolutely yeah uh, 
Yes. So all those things are there. So we don't we do not believe it would take billions to get the tracking devices that are already there. To and there's Wi-Fi in the taxi. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, to uh, uh, Councillor uh, Budgets and Technological Advancements. So I think it's a, it's a really fun question, actually, that, because it really speaks to the part of what we're doing here with our Urban Mobility Summit, which is smart mobility. Now, smart mobility speaks very much to what Mandla is talking about in terms of how do we ensure that through tracking um, whether you know you have shared data systems, which the city would love to be the custodian of, where it will assist us in our planning, ensure that we are able to communicate push messaging to our bus drivers, taxi drivers, etc., informing them of blockages, where to where to go, uh, deviations, but they will be permitted to deviate. But also, I think it, it, as much as you th you see it as a fun question, for me it's also a safety question. Uh, people who use uh, public transport, transportation uh, have to have safety be prioritized. Most of them are women. We saw that uh, during the strike recently uh, when they are standing in the street waiting for a taxi to come and pick them up at whatever time. How do we know that they're going to be safe? Is there uh, a, a system that you're going to install as a city to make sure that the designated place where they stop for that taxi or that bus or whichever system that they use allows for a degree of safety for them because that is important for them. So I think um, importantly back to the question, uh, initial one, is that with smart mobility uh, one is able to track the scheduled times, the scheduled stops, etc. that the vehicle is making. As Manda already said, there are trackers. And using the trackers with one, sec one central data collection point one would be able to manage a transport network, which is really the function of the local government in the city of Cape Town. We would be able to confirm that uh, where the taxi has stopped, how long it stopped for, it went to next destination, and I know that many of the operators want information as well to monitor their own investments. But more importantly, the, the idea of what we're also pushing as part of smart mobility is that concept of the uni-ticket, the account-based bidding system. Will that be cheaper? It will make no impact whatsoever on your price. It certainly won't, ri it certainly won't make it rise. The only okay. things that make our, uh, in terms of my city and certainly with the taxi industry, Golden Arrow, uh, uh, processing is a bit safer, safe, safer from it for now. The only thing that makes our prices is the diesel price or petrol price. Okay. We don't rise for, we don't put, pro we don't put profit margins in, okay. especially, in, especially in municipal bus services. Municipal bus services are not run at a profit. They are subsidized, as Manda said, subsidies to pass the commuter. So we will always uh, save our commuters from as much shock stresses as possible. Yeah. Um, and our prices only go up in relation to the cost of procuring diesel or yeah. in the tax industries build petrol. Okay. That answer, though, uh, excludes two parts that I think uh, remain of interest to me. Uh, time, uh, uh, how do you get around that issue? And also, one of the things I noted when I was driving yesterday from the uh, airport uh, to my hotel, uh, Cape Town has a lot of construction. Uh, what does that mean in terms of this urban uh, mobility planning uh, or modernizing that you have to do? Because you continuously will have to uh, construct certain things as and when the city grows and evolves? So uh, that's a two-part question. So I'll, I'll finish off the safety component first because we already sort of talked about it in regards to smart mobility. Once we go to market uh, next year, uh, with the, uh, con the tender for 
the account-based ticketing platform to be instituted for uh, for, for Cape Town. And that's going to allow participating mode of public transport, whether it be taxis, whether it be Praza, whether it be Golden Arrow, who's already very keen to also try and move away as far as possible from cash on their, on their buses. My city doesn't do cash. We have our current card. But we want to have a card or an app on a phone. Whatever is going to work, we know that some people won't have smartphones and a card will still be necessary. But for others, it can be on their phone where they're going to be able to tap out of tap onto a taxi in Kailicha, take the taxi as a feeder service to the local My City station, tap off the taxi, tap onto the My City, come in on the Inter Express, tap off, and then take other taxi operated company around the City Bowl or climb onto a minibus taxi, or, or with the rail. That is the idea of it. What's important there for safety is that you'll be able to track as well to a degree so that obviously it would have to be uh, popular compliant. Mm. But should there be a need to find out what has happened to a particular person in an investigation? Yeah. Information can be made available to the police to ensure where, where that person climbed on, where that person climbed, did they reach their final stop? Okay. I want to let uh, uh, Mr. Emran, uh, Mr. Hisham Emran, the CEO of Prata, to get in because I want to find out whether or not the city takes over. I think it's important that the uh, rail system is resolved for the commuters of Cape Town and it remains affordable and it remains efficient. And also talk about the ambitions, if at all, that you have in terms of technological advancements in the rail system. Okay. I think with regards to technological, and let me broaden it to modernization. Sure. Because Pursa is rolling out a modernization program of the railway, of the railways. Um, the one that I think is widely uh, sort of seen is around our new trains that we are manufacturing here in South Africa. We've got 600 trains that are being built in South Africa, in Gauteng. Um, referred to as the blue trains. You see them on all the corridors. Mm -hmm. These are high-tech trains, latest technology. It's got CCTV on board. Mm -hmm. It's got the uh, onboard communication that we've got, uh, the issue of the, uh, the automated doors, that the trains will not move if the doors are open, uh, and then also the design of the train in terms of the, the, the safety features, the crashworthiness. It's, it's, it's of a much higher level. Over and above that, when it comes to technology, uh, linked to the of security, because that's been one of the big challenges in rail, mm -hmm. securing our assets. We are in addition to uh, increasing our physical deployment of security, mm -hmm. we are now also beginning with the rollout of technology. This will include CCTV of our corridors, as well as drone technology mm -hmm. to protect the assets. So, so these are things we are pulling out. A key program linked to the issue of the unit ticket that uh, the council has mentioned, MMC, is around uh, the digitization within the railway space, mm -hmm. not only around ticketing, the issue around what you've raised around real-time information to our passengers, mm -hmm. our, our commuters. Mm -hmm. So, and, and to do that, one needs to move into a digital space. Um, they have the right back first, the right uh, big data that we can uh, uh, farm out this information to our, to our commuters in terms of train um, arrivals, delays, uh, predictability, any issues that may be on the network. Exactly. The, the one thing that we are looking at, and, and, uh, and I think it was discussed that uh, the MMC has mentioned, is very important around the issue of smart ticketing. Um, it's something that at the moment process is, is out again. It must be uh, integrated, which is critical. It cannot be standalone systems. 
you must be able to tap on between the various modes of transport, be it a taxi, bus or rail. Uh, and these are things that we want to start together with the various planning authorities rolling out within the rail space. Okay. So all of these aspects are things that we are now dealing with to modernize the system. Uh, as you can see, the, uh, somebody keeps going like this to me to say round off, round off, our time is up. But uh, I'm hoping that we got as much information as we could to our listeners. Thank you, Hisham Emeran, CEO of uh, uh, PRASA. Thank you, Mr. Hermanas, uh, Santaco Provincial Chair. And uh, thank you, Councillor Rob Quintas, uh, Mayoral Committee Member for Urban Mobility for the City of Cape Town. That's our time uh, at the Urban Mobility Summit in uh, Cape Town. It continues up until tomorrow. And uh, thank you so much for joining in on the program. So it's time for the reading now. And uh, keep it SFM all day. It's, uh, yeah, that's it. That's us from Cape Town. <laughs>